Hey friends, welcome to the Relationship Paso Paso podcast, a bi-weekly podcast hosted by four smart and sassy Jamaican ladies currently living in the U.S. with almost two decades of friendship. Our aim is for you to see a piece of yourself in us and maybe learn a thing or two as we discuss our everyday lives. Thanks for spending time with us. Now let's jump into our dose of Pasa Pasa. What time is it? Pasa Pasa! Pasa Pasa! Time? Welcome to episode 10. We certainly hope everyone is continuing to be safe in the pandemic, um, especially as some cities are starting to open up and the weather is getting warm. People are getting tempted. So just stay safe, socially distance when you're out. But before I begin, I mean, clearly, I would say that our little train that could is chugging along in such an amazing way. I mean, look at us, literally, like, look at us now. a suggestion or maybe it was a listener um that we do some kind of video interaction and our very talented resident techie mish figured something out got us all like um sorted and so now in addition to our uh, um, our audio podcast posting we will hopefully have youtube video to accompany and i must say this is quite exciting yes so we hope you enjoy this new dimension of interaction with us um and before we begin, even though some of you can see us, let's do roll call for our podcast audience. So this is Shar, Kerry. This is for the podcast people. <laughs> oh, for the audio people, you this is for the podcast. Video. <laughs> and I'm waving. This is Karen. So I'm here. Mish Mish. Ayo. So today we'll be talking about Culture Clash, um, a very special listener. So shout out to our sis Mo, um, that's Misha's sister, hey, so Mo. This topic, and I loved it right away. I love to learn about experiencing cultures, whether music, food, language, other religious or secular practices. It's just all fascinating to me. And I think for us as immigrants, um, there's another dimension to our experiences with new culture. And it has to do with us like leaving our home or our place of birth and moving to somewhere new. And this is what we want to start this episode talking about. So each of our experiences, I think, moving from Jamaica to the U.S. Um, has been different. We moved at different points in our lives and under different circumstances. What time is it? Pasa, pasa. Time. Pasa, pasa. Time. Every girl, every girl, every girl, every girl. I go me a pasa, pasa. Stop girl, why do you drink until I get? Drink and rave till the morning light, my girl. Body, body. Center, 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 center. Have a shot, man. You know who this is. So, how did migrating to the United States work for all of us? Well, I'm going to use the four phases of culture shock that um, I've taken from Elizabeth Marx's Breaking Through Culture Shock and described in um, Francis Wade's Go Jamaica article uh, to guide our responses. So I'm going to go through the phases, and as I go through the phases, I'll invite you ladies to chime in. So there are four phases. I'm going to talk about the first two. When someone settles into... Take notes. Take notes, my friend. Don't worry, I think once you hear the phases, they're going to just 
seamlessly fit into kind of how you experience the US. Okay. So the first phase is the honeymoon phase, right? There's a new place, it's exciting, full of possibilities. You're making plans about how you um, are gonna take this move on and the transition. So, you know, lots of shopping, the malls are big, full of things, <laughs> and less possibilities, right? I don't, I mean, I'm anticipating you guys had some of those experiences. And then the second phase is culture shock, right? where the differences between you and the new place is becoming evident. So maybe you have your first experience of feeling different or something is said to you that you just don't understand the connotations, um, some kind of stigma. So I wanna start here. So those are the two, first two phases, right? Honeymoon and culture shock. Um, as you talk about how you experience these first two earlier phases of your move to the US, um, tell us a little bit, just a snippet of when you moved here. Cause like me, I moved here when I was 17. I was moving here after high school to college, right? So to me, this was gonna be new in sense of not only a different culture, but I'm gonna be living away from home on campus. I'm gonna be experiencing winter for the first time. I told y'all about how when I moved here, I got um, <laughs> a bag of things. So like my dad, had gotten stuff from like my aunts. They're like, no, man, you're gonna need enough sweater, winter clothes, and I have none, right? So it's not like Jamaica where you move with your stuff yeah. and then you could buy new stuff for school. Yeah. I had zero stuff. So I had to get some stuff and then buy some stuff. So I got this big bag of like sweaters and jackets <laughs> and I had to go through it, see what fit, what I thought looked good that, you know, see like I wear to college. And guys, my first winter, I had this big cream colored winter jacket. No, y'all know that that like, don't make no sense. <laughs> it was cream. Like, this is not the color. This is not the winter color unless you're coming correct, right? I mean, you know, if it's an Olivia Pulp cream, it's then. Not winter white. Wow. It was. <laughs> I'm just saying. Not, it was not, it was not Olivia Pulp. 89 Brooklyn. Ooh. Okay cream jacket so you ladies tell me a little bit about what part of your kind of life you moved here and how you first experienced um moving to the u.s um first okay um, i so similar to you i moved here pseudo for college so my last year of high school i still had not figured out what i was going to do with my life i did not want to go with UE. I actually wanted to be a meteorologist and hadn't figured out how to get that done. So right before I was to come, my cousin was like, come to Rutgers. By the way, she, that, she was at Rutgers at the time. Come to Jersey. It's great selling. You know, and you know when your cousins used to visit and we used to bring shoes and everything, I'm bringing you everything is Oh, yes, I'm going to Rutgers. But then at that point, I didn't do any SATs. I had not prepared for US life at all. Mm -hmm. So I decided I was going to go do one more year of high school, especially since in Jamaica, high school stopped at grade 11. And grade 12, you're just going to do one more year of grade 12, do the SATs, prep for college, and then go to college. Um, and my last experience, the I remember the first day I went to school, I was in um, a long sleeve yellow shirt, yellow turtleneck. This was the 2nd of September, a long sleeve yellow turtleneck 
and overalls. What do you call jumper? Like a jumper? Oh, mercy. <laughs> this was in 1999. Okay. Listen, that's like a TLC look. We could do that. Listen, I don't know what it was, but huh? That was still in in 99. Let's roll oh, with oh. that. Okay. Stop it. <laughs> so doubtful. <laughs> I think like Char, I did get my clothes from my cousin also. Um, but I can't remember where my clothes came from. I don't know where my eye water. Anyway, I don't know why my clothes where my clothes came from. Um, I cannot remember. This is so long ago. Um, and then after I went to school, the they tried to get me to do junior year again. And I was like, no, that is not happening. Um, so I ended up doing more classes for senior year because you have to do, to graduate, quote unquote, you have to do US history one and two. And they weren't allowing me to do US history one and two at the same time. So they were trying to put me in junior year so that I could push back. Anyway, got around that. That was the first hurdle is that their school system is way different from the school system here in America is different from the school system in Jamaica. Well, so, so you went to senior year high school. Yes, I did senior year in high school here. Um, mm -hmm. And the first task was trying to explain to them that an 80 in Jamaica is amazing. What? <laughs> if one, it's it's true. <laughs> amazing. It's from 10 and 60 and like, all right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not yes. a game. I was like, listen, people, I was passing. What you talking about? <laughs> they were like, nope, um, we're not taking. Anyway, so the the trying to convince them that I needed to move from junior to senior year was a task. It took me about a month to do it. Mm -hmm. And so there were classes that I took, ended up moving into. So trying to go to a new school in a new area with new people and then moving from class to class as they were shuttling me around. And then you had the people were like, because of course, at this point, I'm very, very Jamaican. Um, and at this point, people are like, oh, you're, and there are Jamaicans there. I mean, Montclair is one of those more diverse um, neighborhoods. So there are people from every kind of walk of life. There is Upper Montclair and there is Montclair. And they all went to Montclair High. It's not like Upper Montclair had a different high school. So anyway, the, the idea is so you can understand the type of kids that were there. And all of them outside of the kids that were Jamaican would ask the same questions. Oh, you're from Jamaica. That's awesome. Y'all have light. Well, yes. let me say it said like power. I don't even know. I still don't know because I said light now, like light gone. What do you mean light? Like light? Like light? <laughs> no, power, electricity, light gone. So anyway, y'all have light. We're going to in trees. Are your lions roaming? My lions. They have more wild animals here. Lions. Okay. My entire senior year, mm. I took to transition. I learned nothing, nothing. My GPA in chemistry at Montclair High was 104. Like in chemistry class, I learned nothing in my senior year at Montclair except how to adapt to American life. That was it. That's, That's the only thing I learned. That's nothing. A lot. Yeah. So that was my transition to America. It was just very weird, very different, but I learned a lot of things in that one year that I was there. So very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I, um, I have to say, um, 
my experience, my first year here was the complete opposite. Um, there was absolutely no honeymoon phase for me whatsoever. <laughs> no, I had zero honeymoon phase. I remember um, I was very excited to come to America. My dad was here. My dad um, filed for the entire family, my mom and my siblings. And um, when we came... I remember getting off the plane and looking at, we came in the night, it was October in the night, you know, it was already cold. Sure. And my dad, it was like six, I think it was six, five, five that came at the same time. So it's just my dad here by himself. So my dad, when I got jackets, like everybody he can find who can give him a jacket. So we were all like in jackets that didn't fit, right? When they met us at the airport, he was just like, here you go, put it on, make it fit. You put that on. It was, it, that by itself was traumatizing. But anyways, that's not even the, the, the worst part. Um, I remember getting to uh, to the apartment that my dad lived in. And my dad lived in a one-bedroom apartment. God bless him. Ooh. And five came. My mom and myself and my, my siblings, it was five. And we're all now in this one-bedroom apartment. And my mom, I remember we walked in and we were like, okay. <laughs> like where where the kids go to sleep but my dad like we're we're going to make the best of it for now you know and and, and don't get me wrong that wasn't even an issue because we were just happy to be with our dads with our father but um remember my first day at school oh my gosh that was traumatic um, day number three, we started school in America day number three and I remember going to school and um, you know, I, I was always a friendly kid. I make friends real easy. In Jamaica, you know, I was just, I knew everybody. And I remember when I was going to school on the third day, being in America and, you know, going to class, um, ninth grade, I came here and I went to ninth grade and I remember sitting down and the teacher was teaching. I'm like, what are you guys doing? I did this in seventh grade. Like, what is going on? So obviously the material I already knew. And I would, I would not forget this boy came over to me and he was like, listen, I know you're new and I know you're from Jamaica and I know you Jamaicans come up in these countries acting like y'all smart. So here's the deal. Okay? <laughs> Whenever we get homework, you're going to be, you're going to do two, one for me and one for you. Oh, no way. And I remember going, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> now, I mean, well America. I always had a mouth on me. I was always in spicy chicks. I'm like, but then oh y'all talk. Is that what you said? <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, talk to you, yeah, boy. <laughs> and I remember him saying, listen, you're in America now. You're gonna speak English. I don't know what you just said. And I'm like, listen to me carefully. <laughs> no. Ooh, you are <laughs> because the exclamation points after every word makes a difference. Listen, <laughs> unable, unable. So right past honeymoon. <laughs> he made um, he really made my first year in America um, just not very pleasant. I had to get my brother. My brother had to literally like go in and like threaten him about the second month because I didn't want to tell my brother I in fact I told no one about a month and I took it I took it for like a month and then it got overbearing my brother went to him I was like listen man I don't know if you 
respect your life and you want to live. But I guarantee if you talk to my sister again, you know, it's going to be a whole different, you know, story. And he backed off, but he got his little goons, his little female friends to, um, to I guess, jumping where he left off. So my first year in America was traumatic. It was not nice at all. I remember. Huh? What grade was this? Ninth grade. Oh, okay. I remember crying every single day to my dad that I wanted to go back to Jamaica. Every my entire first year, my entire ninth grade, I cried every single day after school. It was so bad. I wanted to go back to Jamaica, oh, and wow. I didn't want to tell my dad what was going on at school because I know my dad is crazy and I didn't want to tell my mom because you know we all have this thick accent I didn't want my mom going to school be like oh no do to my parents yeah. so like, I'm not going to tell my parents so you know I try to just make the best of it during my ninth year my ninth um my ninth grade year until I made a few Jamaican friends and I started sticking around them um a little but it wasn't until my second year my 10th grade that things got a little better when I changed school um, east side, east side, my one year east side, man, was traumatic and I, I have no good memories. <laughs> no good memories, I have to admit, from east side. When I changed school and I went to Hart my, for 10th grade, then things got a lot better. Um, I, so I guess I could say culture shock came for me first before the honeymoon. One thing that really cracked, really messed me up though was the culture shock of seeing how the students spoke to the teachers. Man, that thing messed me. Right? Mm. Yes. Like, yeah. I remember my first time getting whooping in Jamaica at school. I got caught eating bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? Bubble gum, and I got a whooping for it at school. And I come to America, and these kids are like, shut up, miss. The who you talking to? And I'm like, oh, that's extreme. Kill him. You're going to kill him. <laughs> I happen to the time. That happens that all extreme. the time. Listen, I, I mean, this is one. This is not when I moved to America, but one summer I was here visiting my dad and he put me in summer school. And yes, first of all, I was 14 and they were 18 and we were doing the same math. And, but the, here's the difference. They were using like TI this, TI that. I did not know how to use TI nothing. So I had to be like doing everything by hand because I did not know how to use their fancy calculators. <laughs> and this is me. Miss, can I go use the bathroom? Yes. <laughs> I did not know that kids got up and, and walked, walked out. out. Yeah. True. Yeah. True, Char. It, it messed me up, man. That caused that shock. In fact, when I came here, I wanted to be a teacher. And I remember saying, absolutely not. I will <laughs> never. <laughs> because I'm going to jail if one of them kids talk to me like that. No. No. Guys, I'm here. No, <laughs> here we are. Here I remember, are. I remember um, one of the first memories I had of high school is seeing a kid walking down the hall pregnant, and I was like, How, 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 how is this happening? How sway, pregnancy was a rumor in high school, right? I never kids even would say eyes on them. No, kids would just disappear in high school. Disappear. What? That person moved to a different school. What happened? That was the end of the argument. Here, kids would just walk down the hall, pregnant, pregnant, almost ready for boss, pregnant. Okay, and I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's different. <laughs> when 
time in my biology class, I'll never forget this man, this girl, one of the girls that made my life hell. I remember she walked in one day, she was she walked in like funny, like her legs wide apart and she was like barely walking. And her friend said to her, Dad, yo, what, what you what you did last night? Why are you walking like that? This is in front of everybody, right? And she went, Man, he tore me up last night. That boy had me crying for my mama. And I remember saying, <laughs> This is the ninth grade. Yeah, I'm man. Not, I'm not mad as them time. They what? Did she just? Am I hearing? No. I want my mommy. <laughs> <laughs> like no, she everybody. She was like, he tore me up last night. Like no cares in the world. And I'm like, wait, because if you kiss a boy, you make it's like a secret. I didn't kiss him. What you talking about? No, not me. <laughs> Yes, bear hidden shenanigans are going to Jamaica, but under that time, All that shenanigans are happening. Okay, bear like, hidden yeah. shenanigans. Because don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. It was happening. I'm it was happening. And now, oh. if you watch, if now where there's social media, you will heal over at what you will see. Yeah. So, Perry, tell us about your um, your move. Um. I, I definitely didn't have as traumatic an experience as so. Um, I had a, a really good transition, I would say. But I came in the summertime, so I had some time before school started. Had a little time with my parents um, just to kind of get used to the new environment. Um, I moved in with my grandmother pretty quickly. So it was me, my grandmother, and my mom. And um, at that point, when I moved here, I had been in high school for about two years. So... I went to high school when I got here, and I want to say I linked with a group of really great people my freshman year, which is hard because I came with a jerry curl, and if you can imagine a jerry curl, Ooh. in <laughs> was it a wet jerry? I just need context. <laughs> no, it wasn't a wet jerry. It was more a dry jerry, but <laughs> jerry nonetheless. All um, right, dry curl better than wet. Carry on. Better than wet. <laughs> but there was no convincing people that that was the case. Although Jamaica having a dry jerry curl was okay. Yeah, that was a little bit better. That's... Yeah, man, because you couldn't yeah. really just like a curly something. It's just a curl, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. wet one. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, most of the people that I met as friends in ninth grade, I'm still in some communication with them to this day. It was like a core of maybe five or six of us. Did you, move, in, did you move the ninth grade? I did. When I came here, I went straight to ninth grade in September. Mm -hmm. um, and the people that I met were really supportive. My, even my guidance counselor, like I, I remember people just being really, really, really supportive that very first year. Um, God bless which was a blessing. But what I will say is when I came here, on the plane here, I was like saying goodbye to Jamaican music. I was like, oh my God. And I was literally like sad on the plane because I was like listening to all the music I could. I was like, oh, it's the last time I'm going to hear reggae. <laughs> what year was that? Listen to what, your shabba. What in the coffee? <laughs> I was young and silly and having all these like grand expectations about America and land of milk and honey, like all the, you know, ways that people would portray America back then, like, oh, you're going to the land of opportunity. 
Yeah. Um, and then you, you know, you get here and it's it's real life. Real life. You're in a pele pele hand down pants that don't fit. And it's the middle <laughs> of winter. Put a hand down. <laughs> okay. Oh so, my gosh. But yeah, I had a pretty good, I would say, honeymoon phase. No, kids, high school kids can be can be vicious, but I think if you have a good like core group, it makes it less traumatic. Um. Because I remember getting made fun of because I would say um, Z instead of Z all the time. And kids can be vicious. Mm-hmm. They can be vicious. But, you know, after a while, you know, that second year, you know, I had my weave going. You couldn't tell me nothing. I was like, <laughs> Can you see the transition? She got rid of the jerry curl. Transition into a weave. I had the weave going. I had the top old ham jeans. Shout out to yes. my cousin in Philly. She hooked me up. She yes. got me straight. You know, I was ready that second year. But that first year was, it was good. So the third and the fourth phases are where things get nice. So the third phase is recovery. <laughs> and the fourth is adjustment, right? So... This is where the author is saying that immigrants who appreciate that, you know, you're going to have to adapt a bit to your new environment, move into a recovery phase, right? Because you could obviously stay in a phase where you're just in culture shock. But once you realize that this is a new environment, you need to do some adaptive, you get a bit self-reflexive, right? So something has to give, right? How do you adjust to your environment, right? How do you retain whatever amount of identity you want to retain or you feel necessary to retain, right? And then how do you also assimilate, right? And then the adjustment is when you become fully flexible. And I would say a lot of immigrants I know don't get to adjustment. They still kind of are recovering. <laughs> like they, they're adapted enough, but they're not fully flexible, right? So um, they're not like different people by virtue of their new environment. They're kind of more this is who I am and I've learned how to adapt to my environment, but I'm not fully accepting it. Right. Um, what I would say though, is whether or not you go from recovery to becoming very flexible. I think that I've had to deal with is the longer I stay here, like the more, when I was first here, I felt very Jamaican and actually still now I feel very Jamaican, but the longer I'm here, I feel like even though I think I'm 150% Jamaican and a lot of my friends here will agree, um, when you go to Jamaica, You're it kind of lets you know, yeah, you are not Jamaican enough, well, right? And you're certainly not American, right? That. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Days. Mm-hmm. No. I remember yeah, Sharp, I, I agree. Really made me feel so bad once. Um, Dave, I love him, but boy, I never forget the name. <laughs> <Listen, laughs> me, I call you out, Dave. Me, I call you out. I never forget we went out one night, and, and um, you know, I'm thinking I'm all Jamaican. Oh, and I remember this. Yes, yes. He was like, "Yo, you're not Jamaican." I'm like, "Yo, where do I belong?" Because in in America, everybody made me made it very clear that I'm Jamaican. And now I'm in Jamaica. Right. They tell me I'm not Jamaican. So I'm like, wait, oh, yeah. this is a serious issue. What am I? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. That is true. Like, what am I? I want, I want to belong somewhere. And if Jamaicans tell me I'm not Jamaicans and Americans tell me I'm not Americans, I didn't know where to, to fit in, to be honest. I, I didn't know what I was. 
you gotta tell the you gotta tell the story of when we were all in. in the story. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the story. What is the story? I don't know the story either. So, I don't know the story. So, so it was was Lati there? No. De, it was Debbie, Sof, Amy. Amy is Mo's uh, friend who happens to be white also. Um, Amy, Mo, me, and Ed. All were in Jamaica at the same time. Um, oh, okay. Yes. Um, I think that was the year I went home, which was like 2007. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was yeah. one of those years that I went home and everybody was in Jamaica all at the same time. And we decided we're going on a trip. We're going, first we went to Portland and then from Portland, we went to the opposite side of the island. We went to Negril, right? Yeah. Went to Portland first and then went to Negril. Yeah. Um, on our way to Portland, we stopped in, we stopped in Harborview <laughs> and we're going to the gas station to buy cheap like snacks because we're on our way to Portland and we need snacks. We stop at the gas station and uh, Monica and Amy go in and they buy snacks and then Soph go in. So if you're going by yourself, mm -hmm. Soph goes in and buys the snacks and come back out. Come and, in. <laughs> yes, complaining. Oh, oh, you said the food expert. Tell a story, you know, man. Are you a story? You know? You're doing great. <laughs> anyway, she came out complaining about all oh, the something. How oh, them so expensive? She don't understand what is happening. Blah, blah, blah. So Amy's like, so how much did you pay for extra? And Amy is from, Amy's from Texas. She's from here. I'm oh. pretty sure of it. Amy is from Texas. That's where money met her. And so Amy is very American. Um, and very like, white. And very white. And uh, Amy's like, how much did you pay for the, for like the, whatever she called it, cheese tricks. And then Soap is like, I paid, I don't even remember how much it was. Like, you know, I said $40. Amy's like, but I paid $20. We're like, oh Lord. <laughs> Soap get the American tax. A lie. We went to Duns River Falls. Soap get the American tax. Everyone of us get American tax. She paid oh, American yeah. money. Everywhere. Yo, we made fun of her the entire the trip. entire time. The entire time. Even Ed, 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 Yes. Yes. Even Amy, even Amy was getting the Jamaica prize, and Soph was not. Okay. <laughs> Listen to this day, and Carrie, it wasn't even like I was trying to be American. Like I went to them like straight Jamaican, like yo, more I want cheese tricks, like straight Jamaican. But I was like, well, and they were like, no, you American. <laughs> I'm like, that's so strange. Listen. Money and Amy laughed me to scorn. Oh, rip. We went to Boston. We were like, give her the American tax. Yo, let I tell you, let I tell you the whole trip. Yeah, if Amy get a Jamaican price, I'd be offended. Everybody getting, I, okay, I, okay, I get offended when people don't know. I feel like people need to know that I'm that was two, two clock just so them know. Listen, listen. Okay, don't get into it now. I no, even when 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 Ed got the price, like whatever. Maybe it, he, you know he's just black. But Amy, I'm like, no, no, you got. But, like but we but went with Mo, right? So we went around to try and make sure Amy got the tax. 
but we assumed that Amy wasn't taxed like Amy was paying the American price. So we would go and make sure we hide her or do certain things to make sure she don't get that. So on the other hand, we assumed she was okay. They were like, oh, you American, you 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 pay American. No, <laughs> you shouldn't assume that because my mom, they could smell America on you, you know, because my mom used to hide me. She'd be like, no, not her. But now I'm so good at being a Jamaican from America that yes. when we stop like on the roadside, I'm like, listen, don't do it. I know you think you know me, but give me the right price, please. Listen, I'm like, don't trick me. I'll be listening for what you give other people. <laughs> don't trick me. I don't even negotiate prices in Jamaica anymore. I just I negotiate. I'm like, I'm like dad or whoever I'm with that's from Jamaica, they're doing all no, the business. No, me. I can. There was a guy where I wasn't. I said, listen, Miss, I sound very Jamaican. What's the issue? He goes, no. don't look Jamaican. I'm like, what no. the, the word is that? <laughs> you look different. You look, you, you, you just move different. As much as you think you look regular. I know the Jamaican price. So I want you to give me a different price. Not going to happen. Nope. I'm, I'm like, I got to change my skin. This is <laughs> So I have a question. As you are becoming like um, adapting to American culture, right? Clearly, we have adapted and we have embraced, you know, like multiple parts of American culture. I would say that we must have encountered like two types of reactions, right? Some kind of interactions that we found harmful. So we picked up like stereotypes because I know I've heard stereotypes um, of Americans as I moved here. And then we learn for ourselves, right? As we become more educated. And then some are more helpful, right? So one off the bat. I know when I moved here, I had to become more open-minded. I learned way more about myself, about my people, mm -hmm. about like the black experience in America. But then when I came here and you interact with the very immigrant community, them lazy. That's what you hear, right? And then you hear, Oh, Jamaicans taking all our jobs. <laughs> right. So there's always, there's like multiple points, right? There's a point of we're a community, but then there's also points of tension. I don't know if um, you guys might have experienced that because you were in high school, maybe. And a lot of times in high school, more so than college, we're filtering our families' thoughts. So they're filtering theirs, right? In, our, in their interactions with us as immigrants. And we're filtering ours from our communities of immigrants, right? So I don't know if you guys experienced any of that, but I certainly heard about it and discussed it in college. I didn't realize that there were, um, that I didn't even pay attention to my skin color until I came to America because my little area that I'm from in Jamaica, <laughs> the, the most you may see maybe is a light skinned person, but we just, all assumed that we were all black. I mean, it has always been a situation where light-skinned people in Jamaica felt, you know, that they were, I don't know, a little bit above, but it was never a situation for me where I had to pay attention to the fact that I am a black female until I came to America. It hit me like, you are a black female. I'm like, why can't I just be a female? I used to, it used to bother me so much when I was filling out things and it was like African-American, Hispanic. I'm like, why can't I just be a human? Like, why we got to 
check off where we fall like why is that important i never on to this day i still do not um check that box so i'm like why can i not just be a human being like why do i need to check a box that i'm african-american or a hispanic or white or whatever it wasn't until that year we went to texas for um for choir for tour that it really hit me hard Mm-hmm. Um, when I don't know if you guys who who came with me that year when we went to that restaurant. You were there, I think. You were there, Shard? Yeah, and Carrie, yeah. Misha were there. Yeah. Well, we oh. went to the restaurant oh. to eat, and they wouldn't let us inside because it was literally one bus filled with black people, and they were like, "We don't accept your kind here." That thing hit me hard. That was my first experience with racism, you know, quote unquote, and I was like my kind what do they mean by my kind and people I remember looking at me like what do you mean I'm like no what do they mean my kind we are human beings trying to get some food what do they mean we don't accept your kind here you know um now that, that was the, you know I, I my parents never said to me I should only bring home a Jamaican I think personally I stuck more to Jamaicans because it was more comfortable for me mm-hmm. right I can talk to them it, dialogue came much easier we understood each other food was easy for me to say yo I want some dumpling and banana and for no one to say dumplings <laughs> like oh my gosh what is that you know it was like <laughs> it just came natural so yes I stuck more to Jamaicans throughout you know my time in America but I've had friends of every culture like I've I've communicated associated with everyone I, I I've never said I am not going to talk to this one because in a Jamaica you know like I've never done that I think for me it was more people who've done it to me that's been my experience and not the opposite where I did it to somebody else you know that's America mm-hmm. you adjust you definitely have to adjust you definitely have to adjust but to, to be honest, um, I think another part of all of our experience is we had some fundamental beginnings that kind of position us differently. So we accept, we, I think we view these things through different lens mm-hmm. and it's either jarring to us or it's also like, wait, am I supposed to act like I don't belong here because I feel like I belong here? Right. And we are in these spaces where I'm from, so why can't I be in these spaces here too, right? That's true. So yeah. speaking of being in spaces, um, I think that we are all, right, personality-wise, pretty open-minded individuals. And I'm curious to know if anyone in the group, and so if you mentioned this, that you're like, no, but um, dating outside of your race, and if you have what that meant for you culturally. Um, so, okay, uh, I have entertained (laughs) (laughs) entertained okay not date (laughs) not date i have entertained (laughs) individuals that were not in not jamaicans and um personally 
personally, right? It was okay. I think the only the only issue I had was like when we would go check out a movie or whatever. It was always like <laughs> I'm like, Dad, can we just walk here and watch a movie? It's, it was it just always felt like and I'm, sometimes I've actually asked myself, am I more subconscious to people looking because I knew I was with you know, a, a, a white person or a Hispanic person, or were they really looking? Am I just making up in my head that people are looking at us? You know, I've asked myself that many times. Um, but apart from that, I, I knew, uh, if I must be honest with myself, I knew I would have preferred to marry um, a Jamaican only because, like I said, it was just more comfortable for me um but i can't say that if i had fell in love with a non-jamaican that i would have been like sorry i can't talk to you because you're not jamaican you know like if i had met someone and i really fell in love and i'm like yo i love this man i'm not gonna be like sorry sir i love you but like no yeah and you have to remember like when you're jamaican there's like all of these like cultural norms right like think about it if you go, if you say you're going to exercise here and walk on the road, you just walk in, you could do whatever you want to do. In Jamaica, you could have your headphones in. Everybody pass, you have to say morning and afternoon too, right? There are things that culturally are just normal to you, mm-hmm. right? And it's it could be even gender norms, cult, and then just people norms that I think if you're dating someone outside of your culture, you have to just be cognizant that it's not norm to and them or mm-hmm. so I will tell you one story I won't even tell you which culture but I will tell you one story I remember me and my Jamaican friend and then us with two of our friends from a different culture we went to the mall in college right and then we went to our friend's home and we're talking with our parents we're like chatting it was good and then we're leaving, right? And then we're like, where's her car key? We couldn't find our car key. So we're all like looking for our car keys. And somehow it got in the trash because she had taken out the trash. We were in the trash looking for her car key. We found the car key. So we found the car key before we left. <laughs> we went in the house. And me and my Jamaica friend walked, got to the bathroom to wash our hands. And they went to wash their hands in the kitchen. <laughs> and we're like... <laughs> and it's so funny that... <laughs> For them, it was normal to wash their head in the kitchen. But we're like, well, you know, drop your food in the kitchen sometimes. Like, you know, like you're washing fruits. You might just throw them out in the kitchen. So I'm like, I'm not going to wash my hands or spit in the kitchen sink. But I will spit and wash my hands in the bathroom sink because I'm not bringing food in there. I don't know. There's probably no dang difference because you wash both with disinfectants and soap, right? But then in college, we were like, yo, I want go on. But now, of course, you realize that, yeah, say you were dating someone outside of your culture and that was a norm for them. You realize you have to realize at some point that you can, and you have to be able to do this, right? So this has come to the, you have to be able to say, both sink wash with soap and disinfectant. <laughs> so at the end of the day, no fights need to be made over it. If the person <laughs> is generally, if you guys can live together with similar cleanliness, right? Then we don't want to split hairs over those things. But I remember when we saw that, we were kind of like, my mother would kick what me out of the Where are you going in the kitchen washing nothing? <laughs> That's true, Char. It's not the first time I saw um someone 
again, I, I wanted to send the culture either but bathe in their baby in their kitchen sink. I remember going, what in the world? Are you about to bathe the baby's poopy bottom in the kitchen sink? Yeah. And you want to give me food? <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good. You know, but again, culture. Yeah, you, you have to kind of... This is a forcing of open-mindedness because I would say that if I was back home and that happened, they don't need to stretch their minds. So in their mind, they're like, no, something I eat from that person. Then, you know, like, they just don't even. But then when you're here and you kind of open your mind to like different things, then uh, some things you give on and other things maybe you can't. Like still there's some, there's a boundary. But I would say if you're dating someone outside of your culture, you have to, kind of be cognizant of that so you don't misinterpret things or make assumptions or hold on to things that are just not important. Mm-hmm. I would say the benefits of dating someone that's not of your culture is if you're into like embracing new experiences and different, you know, like different things and different food and just having like that become a part of your day-to-day life, then that's also a good thing. And at the end of the day, if you're dating someone, and they're a good person and they like jive, you and them jive, then that's way beyond, you know? So it's, those are the good things, but yeah, I could totally see. We, we yeah. do need to talk about code switching too, though, because I do most, more than anything else, I realize that I do that the most um, when it comes to transitioning from Jamaica to here is the code switching part. So the whole experience about being black and feeling black and feeling woman and feeling everything else, the, tra- the biggest part I feel is when people, I don't feel like people understand me because of what I'm saying or how I'm saying it. And I'm very cognizant of that more than anything else. So Karen mentioned the whole Z thing. I literally say things and I'm like, how do y'all say that here again? Cause I, I do that. The, like light, the light, yeah, light gone. Wait, y'all don't say light gone? Okay, <laughs> we don't wanna say it cause. Wait, wait, anybody ever go um to go get them them um um them picture clean? <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> I will never forget it. I went to get the picture them clean and I went to the guy and I said, Who oh, are clean the picture? And he's like, You wanna do what? <laughs> yeah. He's like, You wanna do what? I said, clean the picture. And he's like, why would you want to clean the pictures? I'm going to look at him like he was crazy. Like, like you why aren't you understanding me? Yes. I, when I say I'm going to go look for somebody and they're like, they lost? I'm going to go visit them. Therefore, I'm going to go look for them. There are many, many of those. Where do you code switch the most, Mish? Yeah. Um, uh, Probably at work, obviously. I mean, outside of work, I don't really um, interact that much. I mean, there are some people who will say to me, and I guess I can't really hide it. There are people that I will onboard, and then after the onboarding process, they're like, where are you from? And there are just certain things, ways that I say things that I just can't hide from that. Um, and there are certain people who will talk to me, and, th- and they're like, I never once knew you were from Jamaica. And I'm like, yeah. I know, and they're like, why you don't, why you don't talk like you're, like you're from Jamaica? And I'm like, because then you wouldn't understand what I'm saying. You don't understand how much effort I put in to translate what I'm thinking. And as much as I'm speaking English, there are certain things and certain ways that I say certain things that I have to translate <laughs> in my head before I say it. 
especially and in Texas. <laughs> I mean, it's literally everywhere, but yes, I mean, I just have to say things a certain way because then people will take it how they want to take it based on where they come from. So I do feel like I code switch at work a lot. And that's why public speaking is also hard for me because I will try to ad lib, but my ad libbing is in Jamaican because it comes out naturally. Right. So when I'm ad libbing, I have to translate in my head. How do I say this phrase? How do I say certain things and then speak it? But then it, it's not natural. It sounds fake. So then you sound Yes. <laughs> and it's, 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 so it's hard for me. It's hard for me to have natural public speaking just on a natural circumstances where I feel like people need to understand me. Um, unless I just don't care. Because sometimes I just don't care. I just talk and cross my fingers that, that you understand. Don't you yeah. want? I tell my students because um, when I'm lecturing, like if you're lecturing for three hours, there's no way. Yeah. Exactly. So I just, I just go. How do y'all say this? Because in Jamaica, this is how it's done. You I know, mean, like I just because you, I can't, I can't fix the pronunciations. Like clearly, I will right. say I grew up being corrected. So I'm the kind of person that tends to speak standard English anyway. But my Jamaican standard English is not Americanized, okay. and so I just have to always cop to it. Or like when I teach undergrads, they ask. Like they're not sh shy. Grad students don't ask, but undergrads, where are you from? And they're trying to guess where the accent from because they don't really know, but they're like, yeah. Then you say Jamaica, they're here. And I'm like, you can't be professor. Walk one. And they're not even saying it right. Walk one. And you know when Jamaicans are talking and you get upset, it's straight making you get it. You uh, my kids, they it. crack me up. They're like, ooh, Miss Hill is upset. <laughs> they, oh, <laughs> like, like, straight American talking. And then all you hear was, ooh. <laughs> and most times when that ooh comes out, then I realize that I've completely switched over. Yeah. Like, you now you the brought out of Jamaica. <laughs> that's because that's naturally how you think. It's naturally how you but think. But even though it's very fun. I was saying, even though Kerry has a Jamaican accent, I would say, Kerry, your accent is way more than any of us, more American. Like, I feel like you probably even think in America. I don't know if you think in America. I'm telling you that you do. <laughs> I'm just saying. Kerry has mastered That's right. Very well. That's right. Yeah. I, like, and she gives it Jamaican accent, too. Yeah, when Kerry oh. goes to Jamaican, she right. is Jamaican, like... Kingston, Jamaican. Oh, don't don't Jamaican. I think I think Carrie has, as Soap said, mastered the code switching, mastered moving from one to yeah. I am nowhere close to mastering. No way, I will never be. Nowhere. No, I will I'll say this. When I was younger, my mother, um, I used to have to well, I guess it's code switch, but I would have to code switch for my mother. So I think some of that comes from having to practice at a young age. My mom used to do a lot of domestic work when I was in high school and her accent is real deep. And so part of my role was helping her navigate phone interviews. So I, I was the translator in some ways. So I had to become good at that pretty quickly. So I think that just, right? 
kept going as you go into adulthood and you get into your own adult life. But I do remember just talking to, you know, people on the phone, calling people for my mom about interviews. I remember one time being on the phone talking to this woman and trying to negotiate salary. I had to be like 14, maybe. I was in <laughs> high school, but I was like, oh, the woman was asking what was the difference in rate. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I think they were Jewish. I didn't know what <laughs> I was saying. But <laughs> I remember having those calls. And understand that I needed to get my mother work. Like, that was the goal of the call, even though I didn't know much else about what was going on. So I think that plays a huge part in understanding the importance of code switching very early on, even before I got into college and work and all the other places where that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. Listen, I've talked about you many times, people. Whenever people, whenever people say something, I'm like, listen... I can I can show you a Jamaican that you open your her mouth and you don't know. Okay, I have one of those friends, sir. I will say I've had people say to me they meet me for the first time. This is in work, and we talk on the phone for a couple of years, and we finally meet, and they were like, "Oh, I was expecting a little short white lady," and I was like, yeah. <laughs> "Okay, <laughs> I don't know how to take that." Um, short uh, though. Wow. Short. Short. Forget the, I can see the white part, but the shorts, I don't know. But okay. The I've ever gotten is maybe British because I overpronounce my T's and do, you know, like, but that's only because they don't know a British accent. Right. Because right. us in Jamaica, we would never cross a yeah, British we would never do that. a Jamaican yeah. accent. But. No. but I think some of that too, when you think about it, is, and maybe this is overthinking it, but it's like, to what degree does my code switching? infringe on my realness right like am i sacrificing my authentic jamaican self while i'm code switching right. you know right yeah. I, mean, I, yeah. I think you balance it quite well <laughs> i think it's fine and matter of fact i'm gonna go one more and say i get offended when people say to me Oh, you speak so proper. Oh, you oh, must be sure. this or that. Right. Um, actually, there are a wide variety and range of black people. Some of us speak this way, some of us speak that way. And no, we're not trying to sound white. There are educated black people that sound like this. There are educated black people that don't sound like this. Yeah. There are people who are not educated that sound like this. And there's some people that just want to be who they want to be. So I, I'm just like, yeah understand that there's a variety of us here because yeah i get that a lot like oh you're so yeah what? you know oh, i had to talk so about proper. one of my coworkers. yeah and um, i'm blackity black black and proper and quiet black <laughs> to, black black we come in different yeah Where's the one of my co-worker one day i was like you do know they speak english in jamaica right like actually yeah. and i'm going to use the word forcefully say that to her because i'm like what do you think we, we we spoke like I don't understand. What do you think happened in Jamaica? Let me just tell you how I hate yeah, I, like, but they do speak English in Jamaica. I hate those questions. How do you say hello in Jamaica? Hello. <laughs> yeah, I have to tell them that patwa is like it's a communal language. You don't get it unless we jiving because patwa it's like it, it, it's it's not only like. Yeah, like you can't just ask me to get you can't get pata out of me unless we dancing exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. 
I, I mean, even though you, there's a way I to say hello with like, them. Wagwan. No, girl. That's not exactly. how it goes. No. They're like, you got to teach me Jamaican. Uh, okay. Pick it up. You got to pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> but some of that is genuine curiosity, right? And so where it's genuine curiosity, you'll, I think I'm more obliged to entertain that conversation if it's coming from a genuine place of curiosity versus mockery. I think sometimes people try to mock you and be, you know, slight-handed about, oh, let, let me talk Jamaican, or they'll, they'll mix, like, patois with some, um, some other languages. And I'm like, if you're curious, then let's have a conversation about your curiosity. Uh -huh. so don't try to mock me, because uh -huh. now I'm going to get offended. Uh -huh. You know? Yeah, I mean, but I don't, don't really know that I've met someone from a different culture or race or anything and say how do you say hey in whatever country like language you're from like I that is not the first thing that comes to my mind or do you love Bob Marley I'm, I'm sorry what because I am obsessed with Bob Marley so yeah you can ask this Jamaican that because I am yes ma'am Bob Marley is universal no matter where you go you say you're Jamaican the first Bob word Marley. Is Bob Marley. Well, I'm, I'm that I'm that stereotype. I'm not the weed stereotype. <laughs> Listen, I'm not the red stripe stereotype, but I am the Bob Marley stereotype. Like, yes, I am a stan. When we were at Rugby's, two white guys showed up at our apartment one night talking about they wanted to buy weed. Um, somebody told that Jamaicans live here. Do you remember that? Were you there? No, I don't know. Rutgers, two white guys showed up at the apartment and was told and said they were told that Jamaicans lived there and they wanted to buy weed. Okay. And I say, oh, wait, Jamaican weed? What the heck is going on this conversation? You weren't there? No, sir. I don't remember yeah. that happening. Yes, two white That's guys. Never get I'm like, wow. To just be Jamaican means I have weed. Okay, sir, I'm so sorry. But not only do I not have any weed, I've never smoked weed. He's like, oh, that's not the truth. That, oh, every Jamaican smoke weed. No. Crazy. No, sir. No, ma'am. <laughs> Apparently, we live in trees, small, walk down the street high with the lions and tigers that are roaming, okay? This is what's happening in Jamaica. But yeah, I, I had a roommate whose oh. boyfriend was afraid of me. That is like general. Violent. That, those general assumptions, I think, get attached to any culture you don't know. Because I talked when I I noticed when I talked to other Caribbean cultures, some folks think the same people think the same way of Africans, and I'm like, Africa's like here. Like, you think you say Africa, but like, oh, you catching zebras? Are you catching zebras here? Like. <laughs> It extends, you know. It's the unknown, right? Which is why we just have to like Absolutely. stay open-minded and learn them, and then be curious. I don't like. I'm never offended. I love to talk about Jamaica, so I'm never offended if anybody wants to learn. I could teach you a few patois words, but you're gonna have to really commit to the Jamaican experience if you want to learn. But I, I love to talk about Jamaica, so yeah. Open mind, learn, and don't assume, like, or at least Google. Anyways, ladies, want to wrap it up. And I just wanted to give you ladies a chance to say your final takeaways about um, 
just code switching, culture shock, your experience moving here and becoming, you know, an immigrant in the US. Um, any final thoughts? Um, I think my biggest thought is that going through the process, you know, all of the ones you talked about, honeymoon, the culture shock, accepting it, it's, I think it's all meant to make you a better person. If you live in a little bubble, you'll never learn, you'll never grow. Um, you have to stretch your mind, stretch yourself, stretch your understanding, stretch all of it for you to grow as a person. So I don't think I would ever take any of it back. I don't think I would ever want anybody else to experience anything other than that, other than a new culture. And that's why we travel so much also, is so we can immerse ourselves in new cultures. Um, so it's not so much a shock if anything happens. If you meet someone, um, it's not like, y'all live in a hut? Uh, no. Um, so <laughs> I think it's always a good thing for us to experience all of it. That's my takeaway. Yeah. I do think, Mish, to your point, um, it makes me think of kind of <laughs> just things that I think as we're meeting different people and connecting with different people in our lives, I think we all have to be reminded of this. But it's about being respectful to that person as a human being, like no matter where they're from, whether they're Jamaican, wherever, Caribbean, African, wherever, um, having this basic level of respect for that person's human experience, whether it looks like yours or not. I think that's so, it's so important. And also being curious, as Char said, is really important because, you know, once your mind is closed off to something, it shuts down the possibility of even connecting with that other person, uh -huh. right? So it, it doesn't leave that area open. And then being kind. Like, just be kind to people because everyone has their own thing going on. And sometimes you're struggling trying to figure out where you fit into this culture. And then here comes somebody with another layer of negative energy. So those those are the things that come to mind for me. Yeah, I agree with, I agree with, um, Carrie, with, uh, just be open-minded, you know, that we're all different. We're all on this journey and we we start at different places and um, you're not going to find everybody experience life different based on where you're coming from, right? So because we don't always see eye to eye, don't make you right and me wrong. You know, just be respectful of everyone's um, culture be kind, I agree with the be kind, um, and just remember that we're all, even though we're different, we're all human beings, we may react to things differently, but we're all human beings, so see, I will say, see me for the human being that I am and not the black Jamaican chick trying to make it through this country, in this country, right. but I'm a human being, you're a human being, I'm a human being, let's just respect each other for, just for that, you know? Yeah. Yep. And I mean, I think that's a good note to end on. I would just say American culture, I've actually learned to not only love it, but appreciate it. It helped me become a better person because it opened my mind mm -hmm. and it helped me learn more. And by opening my mind here and learning more, I have learned more about myself and more about, like it made me seek to learn more about Jamaica. And I feel like I know more about Jamaica now that I'm out of Jamaica because I've sought knowledge because I got curious, right? So it's like knowledge breeds knowledge. So I agree. 
Like mm -hmm. keep your mind open and um, learn about others. Um, and like everyone's been saying, even if you don't understand it, respect it, right? And be kind. Um, so I think that's good. I think we all um, ended on a positive note. We little Jamaicans are. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much um, for a great episode, ladies. Yes. Um, and we will see you another time. Friends, that's all for today's episode of Relationship Pasa Pasa. Thanks so much for joining us today. You could have been anywhere in the virtual world, but you were here with us. We hope you join us again in two weeks for our next dose. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast on wherever you find and listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. So you never miss an episode. Also, tell a friend to tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Relationship Pasa Pasa, all one word, if you are on the social media situations. We can't wait to hear from you. Like, seriously. We can't wait to hear what you think about our episode and also connect with us about topics you'd like to hear us discuss. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, walk good. <laughs>